Today we have Rita Hoes. Is that how you say the name? Yes, perfect. Yeah, on the show. So you, lately we've been having a lot of firsts. So like the first, uh, we had the first cannabis mm-hmm. guest. We had um, the first um, fighter, and we had the that you're the first painter. Uh, you know, and let's cool. uh, like I like to test the waters and see like and combine all my interests. You know, and uh, I found your yeah, art. Yeah, it's really on, expanding. Uh, yeah. No, it's and I like to expand it and get get the fan bases. Let's see which fan bases uh, react the best to it. You know, um, yeah. and your art I saw on uh, on Instagram was like a promoted post, and I was yeah. like, this is so. When I'm looking, I wasn't looking much at art until you start thinking about buying a place and not renting wow. anymore. Because I was like, <laughs> think of. Like, like when you buy a place you, you really want to make some changes and renovations and this is like the, the the stuff that you have so vastly unique and like different than anything else i've seen uh and of course tastes differ so you know maybe yeah. some people don't agree with me but for me it was like it's sensational and it's it fits my style and especially well, the so stories behind it. it like uh you know you combine it it it's like you create the elements of the earth and the Layers, which you can explain later, uh, into yeah. a piece. Um, and it just ties rooms together, you know? Wow. So I had yeah, to thank hit it you up. for great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no. happy you're explaining it really well. That's the message that I want to send as well. And uh, I'm very happy that you see it this way. Nice. And uh, yeah. And then, we, you know, I had to tell you what I thought of it. And you we ended up having a conversation i was like this is there's such a more of a conversation to be had here especially as like a hustler in the arts um <laughs> that i can learn from as well and that's why you're on the show now because and yeah and the more like after we already agreed to do the show the more i start seeing posts about your past and everything i'm amazed at like uh what, what kind of story you can tell today yeah thank you so much for inviting me and for reaching out to begin with um Mm. i really appreciate it and i also find it's very interesting to be talking to you and all the things that you're covering and also all the network that you're using and the guests you're inviting i found it very inspiring so i'm very very honored to thank you so much talk to you here today and um yeah um so thanks for inviting me yeah i'm (laughs) so you so you're now you're living in, in, in Copenhagen and um, you're a painter and uh, actually you sent the video of you doing the painting that's behind you. I see it. Yes, I recognize uh, that's the yeah. one, right? That's the one you, you sent. Yeah, that's the picture that I shared with you last week that was still in progress. That's a piece for the gallery here in Copenhagen that uh, the opening will be in a couple of weeks. <laughs> wow, wow. So uh, we'll share it publicly. Um, yeah, so I live in Copenhagen, but uh, it took a long way to get here. I've lived like in seven countries all together and tried different ways of uh, expressing my creativity and worked as an architect and as an urban designer, as a designer. But I always painted since I was a very little kid. So mm-hmm. I think that's my greatest passion is to create. And Do you remember paint. the first time you ever drew something? Not really. No. <laughs> but of course now when my parents... Luckily, they kept my very first art drawings and sketches, and uh, they also uh, pretty much um, supported it from the beginning. And 
yeah, I'm very grateful for that to them. Yeah, so do so do my parents. It was like leave some stuff around, even if it's really bad. <laughs> they just love it. <laughs> like uh, I guess I guess like sometimes you can see the creativity, but I, like sometimes I look back and I see like the creativity behind the things I tried to do, and some are good, but some are just really bad, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. when um, so you were always passionate about it as a kid, and mm-hmm. uh, were you the person that was always like drawing in class and like. How how were you? What kind of student were you? Uh, how were you in school, in in Russia? Yeah, which city? Uh, yeah. Is it which city were you from? I'm coming from Ufa. It's uh, the capital of Bashkortostan Republic. It's a bit more southeast than Moscow. Um, just two hour flight from Moscow, which by Russian standard, it's oh, not yeah. that far. And yep. yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been always so creative, and I think it's also not only in the ways of uh, painting itself, but also the way I would answer questions or the stories that I would come up with and things like that. But on the skill side, uh, I also attended an art school in parallel to the regular school, where they also enforced us to just try different mediums and uh, be expressive, and I think that was also quite uh, helpful. To develop th- the skill set. Do you think like um, what is it? There's something with Russia and um, and the arts always, because also <laughs> like all the art and and music teachers. Uh, I mean, there's a ballet culture too. So all those teachers are were always uh, Russian from like the circles I grew up in, and mm-hmm. I also had a piano, uh, a couple of piano degrees, and she was, uh, wow. I think Russian, Belarusian, like a mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what is it like? Do you think that what's the thing ingrained in the culture that makes it that art's um, so important? All the arts are so important there, and do you think, think they're being just, supported uh, uh, enough? Uh, yeah, I think it's just layers of history, and uh, I think also there was a they somehow preserved it, and through Soviet Union, the school was quite strong over uh, different uh, industries of art, different uh, ways of art, and I think it's just coming from there. <laughs> oh. um, and yeah, I like... don't know how it's right now, but uh, when I was growing up, yeah, all the kids would attend some kind of, they, everybody would have an activity on the side. And uh, I wish I could do them all, but I had to choose because we only had 24 hours in a day. And for me, mm. that was art and uh, dance class. So I've been doing ballet and a folk dance. Uh, unfortunately, never tried to do music that I'm very passionate about listening. Mm. Oh, you didn't uh, pursue it? No, not really. I I had uh, like for me it was in in high school it was always, uh yeah I, I agree like there was uh, at least a music activity and a sports activity and um I had to choose one like I, I always would quit one and then do the other you know never was able. Yeah, to I do heard all you of them had your own band. Oh, sorry, right? I heard you had your own band in school. I used to have it, yeah, and I used to be a part of like in 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 high school less like in high school we had. Uh, we were doing like more rock and punk rocker stuff, and the, and then in school it was itself. I was in a jazz uh, band, which was part of the school. Mm. But then in college, really, like I set up a like was part of a couple of really good bands. I went on to like win these little tournaments and stuff. The first in our college to win the national uh, battle Whoa. of the bands. For, yeah, so we would take a lot of Thank these uh, hip hop uh, songs that were and pop songs, and then turn them into soul versions of wow. them yeah that sounds beautiful yeah it was uh, is a really really fun time um but uh, you say so 
growing up in Russia and then the craziest part of your life, it seems, was when you just went to New York without a plan or any place to stay. <laughs> like, what? What? When? Yeah. How did that end up happening? What was the thought process? And yeah, that's a good yeah. question. <laughs> and the things think, you've been through, um, by the way, you, Rita, is uh, you only just turned 30. So this is like the life story of a 60 year old, but you know, you're only half that age. Thanks. Yeah, I think uh, I just had that adventure in me. Um, and uh, so while growing up in Russia, I really wanted to pursue art, I assume. But um, of course, I was a bit conditioned that it's not a big, uh, it's not a way to make money and career. Yeah. So I pursue architecture. And while being in architecture school, there was a gap where um, I decided to travel and before I never traveled far without my parents. So <laughs> I don't know what mm -hmm. kind of plan I had on mind. Uh, I attended that program. We had work and travel for students where you're supposed to go to some small town and stay there and um, work while the work, like do some small kind of job, maybe having like, I don't know, cleaning in a cafe or working as a waiter while improving your English. Mm -hmm. but I decided not to go to a small town and just stay in New York. I had a legal visa to have this kind of job, to have some sort of job. So <laughs> I pursued becoming an artist. Um, yeah, it was just like everything was a learning for me. I think being so brave was also partly not being experienced enough and having no fears at all. Yeah, being so naive. Just going with the flow, yeah. yeah. But it yeah, worked then, out. Because did you have yeah. like... Did you Did you always think you had a, like a safety net at least that, um, for example, um, you could still always go back to your parents and then restart again and that allowed you to take the risk or were you really there with no backup and having to survive? <laughs> no, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess I, I just really didn't have a fear of failure ever. And of course, uh, I could not stay there forever. So eventually I had to go back and finish my studies. And I also didn't want to do anything illegal, like to break my visa and so on. So I only had like that window mm. of few months. But that was, uh, I just wanted to reach to the to maximize them and didn't want to waste in a minute because I really enjoyed that life. So I became a street artist that was basically sitting in Times Square and drawing all the tourists and so on. And uh, I met people who helped me to set it up and I figure out how it works, what kind of, I mean, it's not that easy. You can't just come and sit down. You need to get some papers. You need to get a spot. You need to make some arrangements. There's like the whole industry of being in particular, like this kind of artist who sits and draws with a charcoal on Times Square was uh, belonged to Chinese mafia. And it was like a real serious deal. They would have shootings for the spot and... <laughs> Um, it, it was like a system, yeah, and that did was you, really how, new to how me. Did, how did that work? The construction, so they just like would take commissions and stuff of the all these artists, this network of artists they had. First, then, uh, yeah, I met a man who convinced me that they, we work for school, and he would take a a fifty um, percent of uh, whatever I would earn by uh, drawing. But he helped me set it up and so on. But then later, I figured out by expanding my network that. It was not true, and uh, there was uh, no school that he worked for or whatsoever, and I could just easily do it without him. <laughs> But yeah, I think everything happens for a reason. I'm glad that maybe it was not um, it was not fair in the beginning, but I, at least I got a chance to understand how the system works. But it was <laughs> at least easy to get out of, right? Like... 
yeah, 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 luckily. Because sometimes you like, then, if, if you were yeah. such a big, big earner, then maybe <laughs> things could have gone different. You know, they try to keep you, uh, you know, maybe by force, you know, like could have gone bad, you think. You think yeah, that would have yeah, happened? Yeah, I guess yeah. now knowing that things could have, have happened, maybe I would have acted differently. But again, being so fearless due mm. to being so naive and young, I was just going with it. Yeah. And um, yeah. And how old were you then, like say, 18? No, I was 21. Luckily, I just okay. turned 21, which also gave me some rights to um, uh, make my own decisions. And um, I just, yeah, I remember it was a bit stressful in the beginning. I never tried to sell anything before. I worked as a student, but more like doing interior design and things like that. And here I had to hustle to actually catch people to make them... Mm convince them that I should make their portrait and things like that and that was quite uh, out of my comfort zone at that time but I can imagine I yeah but I learned it and I think that was really big school for me just um to hustle oh like New York also of all places swallows people that's what I hear I was supposed to go for the first time last year with a project and then uh it got moved and then it moved into straight into COVID so I've never been New York and it's one of the places where they have like yeah. pending projects that might happen one day and I'm just so excited yeah you but so I can much visit. it's if totally you... a one of a kind place in the, in the world oh especially in these industries of ours like yeah especially but um and when you went like you went there without how did you find a, a place you went without a plan for a place to stay right <laughs> no Honestly, I arrived, I remember, in the New York airport, and I was like, which way is this city? This like, what? I, yeah. I can't remember which. I think it was GFK, so a bit outside the city. I said, yeah, you have to take a train, you have to take this and that. And it's like, just taking quickly notes. And I thought my English was awesome. But up until I, I was there, I realized how far I was from a good English or understanding also the American accent. So just remember, I found some hostel, first in the... Russian area in Brighton Beach. Then I met some girls who rented their apartment in Brooklyn. Then I met more friends, more people. I met a very good friend of mine and we shared the room in Manhattan in the end because I just didn't want to commute. Oh, I just wanted great. to stay in city. Manhattan. And so I learned it hard way. <laughs> and, um, and this hustler in you was, uh, was this uh, New York the first time where you really uh, experienced hustling or knew that you had it in you? Or were you also in school? Like, for example, in my case, like in school, at least I still had this like feeling. Always, even as a as a child, I would like draw little things and try to sell them. And um, and in school, there was the big one where we, I used to I used to burn video games. They get like a list of, oh. of games written down in a notebook, and then uh, I would uh, give them to friends, and they would mark which ones they want. And then the next day, I would bring them on CDs and sell them. Like, and those were like the little experiences that like, when I think back, um, for example, was, was like the root of maybe wanting to do my own thing. It should have been a sign. Yeah. And did you ever have those signs in yourself or? I think, uh, I think I had, but it was more like if I would have an idea or project on mine, nothing would stop me. I would just like execute on it no matter how. And uh, just mm. getting so excited that there was no really any, um, yeah, nothing would have stopped me in that sense. And uh, I would say yes to every opportunity that was also always in me, I think. Also, since school, I remember trying to make my first money by 
also I, I remember I was uh, studying architecture, doing really well in school, and I really had a passion for interior designs. And once somebody reached out to me asking, "Hey, you studying architecture? Maybe you know somebody who does interior design?" I said, "Yes, of course I do." <laughs> and I never done this before, but I had to completely wing it and. Uh, Luckily, it turned into a successful project, but uh, no, yeah, you didn't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, but at least like there's this whole thing where, as long as you know that you can get that person, even if you don't know that person yet, just go for it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> opportunity is opportunity, exactly. So, you were always at you know as you progressed. In, in New York, of, of course, the work you were doing was all drawing and, and, and stuff like that. But where did you get, like, what was most of the type of art you were doing back then? And what was it inspired by? Where did you get your inspirations from, you like, to change? Because, okay, so I can imagine you're doing the straight drawings, uh, but that's very competitive, especially somewhere there. Everyone, like, how do you stand out from the other people that were all doing the same thing? I think I stand out quite a lot because all of them were Chinese, like 50 plus men that pretend that they didn't speak English. That was easy to deal with mm. the customers. They have their own tricks. And, um, but at some point after a month, maybe I drew a lot and probably I was not even good, but I was, I, I tried to be really nice and do my best. I was keep getting better. And then I wanted to challenge it. And I tried to bring watercolor to the street. And things like that but you know it's very difficult because with charcoal you can draw quite quickly and with watercolor you need it to dry and so on so I was totally trying to challenge it it was it was not that I was successful fit because it takes too long time and now but also meeting different people through the day I just I remember that also taught me a lot also kind of sensing what is on the agenda and what might they have on mind coming with different projects and ideas. They wanted me to graphic design. They wanted to do some illustrations for the books and so on. So I was having, I was just attracting all these opportunities just by sitting there and doing a good work. And um, that also entered uh, some doors. So I really <laughs> tried to do a lot of uh, other things in this few months while being there. And um, you actually also, got clients. From the street yeah and i mean i guess they also really it was good enough because they were coming back i, I remember one man he had um he was working with this uh like a young band uh, different uh, boy bands girl bands and he would keep coming back to ask me um uh, make a painting for different album covers or promotions and so on in color and that would be my homework for example so it helped that you're a girl at that point i guess with that one So were there many <laughs> yeah. uh, women doing your thing uh, in, in Times Square? No, I mean, no, I Chinese guess there were <laughs> mostly <laughs> Chinese men, but also maybe some Chinese Middle women. And, uh... Chinese men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I also then, honestly, after a couple of months, I also started feeling that there's something else about New York that I want to explore. Also the real life besides just being an artist and meeting hundreds of tourists per day and that's how I also got into promoting nightclubs and working with the hip-hop parties and so on that was also I guess pretty much out of coincidence just meeting people on the street but they liked my vibe they invited me to try it out and then meeting more and more people I was progressing in that scene by just promoting people and to promoting some uh, models promoting mm. I, I met 
some uh, hip hop artists that I also got to promote. Which that was another side. Got of any it. big ones that uh, became famous after you met them already, or? No, but um, I think the the biggest star was Cassidy. Do you know Cassidy? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. he he's uh, he was big maybe uh, more. In, I uh, saw the actually back then. The story. Um, the uh, so uh, yesterday I was um, I was playing video like I was playing on the PlayStation with a couple of friends, and then like in the break in between, like you know we're all talking to each other, and then I saw your story. <laughs> while we were playing like and the Cassidy one showed up and the song came up I'm a hustler <laughs> and uh, and it just played for like a few seconds you know because I was watching the story and this other guys on the other side all started singing along to it How so cool. it's, yeah everyone knows it. so that's a, that's a that's a big How name cool. that's a big name yeah um but also just I remember that fascination again coming from a small town in Russia relatively small town coming to New York and just their celebrities just running down the streets. We were working in quite a cool clubs. We're hanging out with the uh, mm-hmm. like real hip hop crowd and meeting like seeing Paris Hilton, Will Smith, there was oh shooting Gossip Girl. And it's just seeing yeah. all these people. I would totally freeze every time I see them. But for yeah. everybody, it was so normal because they have to hang out somewhere. Yeah. No, and I, it's noticeable when you... Uh, just when you're exposed to it all the time, it's just it. You get used to it. They become like normal people, and that probably makes it easier to network, you know. Um, and I always go to this uh, story, and this is not like huge celebrities and stuff, but like in the ele- electronic music world, I don't know if you've heard of Nick Warren. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like the DJ of Massive Attack. So one of the early projects for us in uh in the music scene was like at least for interviewing and stuff i i got to do this thing on amsterdam dance event there was two events that hernan cataneo was doing this is a huge argentinian dj and uh, we were supposed to do this like interview with him and then follow like the the parties he was doing here and he was doing a back-to-back set with nick warren i hadn't heard i had heard of nick warren i didn't know what he looked like nowadays wow. mm. so the first party was the first one was on a boat <clears throat> mm-hmm. and i was there for Hernan, so whenever he was doing his set after we'd done filming, we'd go back while he was still playing and like have some beers and mingle with everyone because the backstage area was behind the back of the boat. Yeah. And I ended up talking to this these two guys, and they asked me where he's from, and I also mentioned the Jordan story, and he said, "Yeah, I've spun in mm-hmm. Jordan a couple of times, Hard Rock Cafe, you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore." Blah. Didn't know who it was yet. <laughs> I thought it was just like <laughs> a random DJ because there were so many people around that are just like smaller random DJs. And then he asked me for a cigarette, <laughs> and I told him, uh, "Well, I'll give you a cigarette if you go get me a beer." <laughs> so he went all the way inside and went to get beers and stuff, and came back. So he took a beer and had a cigarette. And later on, his publicist came to me and said, "Hey, um, we would like you to also do some interviews with Nick." I'm like Nick, this guy is like, "Yeah, Nick Warren." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah, you can do it as well. And then for the rest of the week, like. I was like, we were like, we had a good rapport. We were like getting beers for each other and everything and hanging out. Cause That's I think, cool. I think he just, I don't think he knows that I didn't know who he was, but it made the thing very natural. Cause it was the fact, if I would have known who he was, we wouldn't yeah. have had that little interaction, you know? Yeah. You treated yeah. him much more simple as uh, your new friend. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Because I genuinely didn't know. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, That's his publicist cool. is his wife. It was a great, like, it's a great uh, dynamic they have going. Yeah. Yeah, I like those stories. 
yeah, yeah. i mean Did in the end of your... the day we're just all human yeah no but that's that's it like when i was at the sometimes you're at like i was at this like dutch version of the golden globes um mm-hmm. that was for another company i worked for and you just end up at the after party with these people and and then i was you look down look down at the balcony and all these people just random people were standing at one in the morning just looking up and trying to catch a glimpse of these celebrities of which we don't know half of them as well but then you find it really weird this whole celebrity culture like to me i'm here and these are all random people normal people but all these people downstairs is waiting and looking at them like i want to just see this celebrity pop out of the balcony yeah yeah Yeah, but it it is fascinating (laughs) Did you yeah. ever use this opportunity to network? I mean, I tried to teach my art to them. Yeah. <laughs> the uh... and his managers. And uh, no, we were saying that we should do something, but it never came to the I also had to leave uh, at some point. I, I made some uh, good portraits of some DJ friends and so on. But um, no, I also, I think I also really just enjoyed the moment and had so much fun working as an artist daytime, just going out nearly every night back then. Um, oh man. With the good music and fun people. And like, did you catch a, like did none, none of the, but of course you, you became a hip hop fan. I don't know if you were a hip hop fan, but now I, you, actually, sure I was, yeah. you were back yeah. then already. So that was the perfect yeah. scene to be in as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I remember like Drake was just starting up also tiger was also just uh, we went to some concerts and he was also just coming up with like this first big hit and i remember we were promoting that party and he got so stoned or drunk or whatever i don't know we haven't seen him but he never showed up and that was so rude and people were waiting and no that was tiger okay because drake had a similar thing here recently but yeah (laughs) yeah um it it was uh but i think they just like shoot it with the really first top single uh tiger especially and uh yeah and he already had this kind of attitude and that was very negative and that was negative for me like uh, i had i would invite people and so on to show up and pay for this event and he would like not show up at all that was kind of rude even though it was just a party maybe like a short um um performance at least you weren't the booking agent you know Uh, no 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 most of the most of the trouble but also, it still sucks. Nah, maybe I don't know. Because if you if you're inviting people and thinking like, hey, uh, yeah, come, like this guy's gonna show up, you know, uh, support my work, and then they don't show up, they'll feel scammed, of course, by you as well. So, but uh, what's the craziest experience you had in the during your club promoting times? Do you have like a what's the wild wildest story that really resonates with you? Um. Uh-huh. No, just I don't know why this story came in my mind. But otherwise, I think, yeah, it's just like how randomly I met some, uh, as you say, as you met uh, Nick, also even how I met Cassidy was just so random. Also, everything started with the sharing a secret. And (laughs) then uh, suddenly uh, you meet somebody who, uh, yeah, who is apparently (laughs) much uh, more important in that moment, in that scene. And then... You, everybody looks at you differently uh, if you start hanging out with these people and I think that was quite uh, fascinating because uh, nobody mm-hmm. believed that I just came to New York first time in my life three months ago and that was uh, yeah but but those are the people that usually like end up uh, making the best of it because you don't understand the uh, 
I mean, you, 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 for you, it was also out of naivety, but maybe it was like, hmm, in Russia, people are more, um, are people more social in a way than in, in America, you think? Like uh, in a place like New York? I mean, I don't want to generalize America completely. Um, I'm sorry. I, uh, so, I so I mean, like again. the fact that um, you're probably more used to stepping up to people and more used to this uh, community feeling of just reaching out to random people and talking to random people than they are in New I, York? I, I, yeah, I think I actually think the other way around because in Russia, I think you also growing up, it, it's one million population city but again you're being conditioned you have a lot of responsibilities you have you, you know different people and like no matter where you go you have to behave and act certain way and here there was so no no expectations I felt so free like I could mm. truly be myself without any judgment and yeah. just uh, being curious and open I think that was also what was the best lesson in being nice to everybody and open to people and talk to everybody you never know who what it will turn out to be and that's how i met some very close friends that we're still friends with and so on the people who maybe taught me some bigger lessons i remember i met this one girl and um she said hey i'm a promoter as well let's uh, come to my party we, we just met random the evening in new york and she said hey i want you to introduce you to my friends and it's like okay i meet this kind like five times per evening okay let's give you a chance uh, come on introduce me to my friends and she's like hey this is my new best friend she's from russia and then maybe a couple of hours later we're taking the metro together and she's like hey don't you want to live together shouldn't we share a room and i was like yeah yeah of course uh, well, you probably want to remember my name tomorrow and um yeah it turned out to be like again she's uh, still one of my best friends and we just met so randomly it's just <laughs> just yeah. being open and giving it a chance and i also think what i learned is um to somehow sense people um meeting so many people at once really i could start feeling if they have a good attitude or bad attitude if some do they want something from me if uh, i could yeah. possibly work with them or be friends and um, I think that's how I navigated and didn't get myself into trouble, which was quite likely to happen otherwise. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're, because of that social industry and you're always around people and stuff, I guess you sort of had an anthropological study of humans <laughs> and how they interact and what their intentions are. So, you know, you have a good ability to read people now, I guess, and their, their intentions. And you yeah, just described yeah. the core of networking that I believe for me is also the core of networking, which is... Uh, you know, an approach with genuine intentions is like, that's the best uh, way because it shows that, oh, they're not trying to get something out of me. They're actually trying to help me. And that will essentially make people, if they want, you know, want to offer you some work as well. Once you've done something for them for free. I'm always like a proponent of exactly. starting with free work as well. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And not yeah, expecting something really in return. Idea. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't do yeah. it. I don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going into this because I want something in return later. I go into it. Um, if By the way, if it's a free project, it's always going to be something that I'm also genuinely interested in, not any random thing. Yeah. And um, like, um, I won't say much of it because it's not done yet. But for example, this uh, I'm helping a podcast of someone who's uh, a bit more popular. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to do their graphics and their, and I sent some graphics and some some stuff for their stories and all that. 
they loved yeah, it nice. and I, I told them look you have my word that we'll never ask for a uh, a payment for this you know but they were so appreciative yeah. like they wanted like give me whatever i want like in terms of maybe connecting with people and all that and that's where it could come from in the end but i'll still keep doing yeah, the other 100%. work for free yeah, yeah. I, I totally i'm on you with that i think it's just again what goes around comes around and yeah, yeah. what kind of karma and message you send out there it's are people appreciate it even more when it comes genuinely mm-hmm. for free or for whatever price it has but when it's genuine and sincere and has a good intentions then it's just come back even bigger than your initial yeah <laughs> message and how do yeah, you how do you oh let's continue your life story and then yeah, we're going to so get more into like how you do how you sell your art and how you network on social media because you were in New York you had to go back to finish yeah. your studies were you feeling yeah. down because of that yeah that's a good question I came back and started telling my friends about all these stories I think they were so worried that I'll get depressed <laughs> <laughs> soon after though like the you know my life I hit and uh, but I think I just I came back so positive and so energized like I seriously I mm. being in New York I just saw how big the world is there are tons of possibilities tons of people and there's a place for everything and everybody and I just came back so energized and I was really continuing what I learned back then and I started I was studying very hard I of course wanted to perfect my English so I can do more things abroad than I had um, mm-hmm little side business where I started making uh, proper paintings as like portraits in order and so on. So I was also continuing with art. And yeah, I was doing interior design, graphic design. I was doing body art. I was literally saying yes to every opportunity. But this was and, after um, you studied, uh, after you finished studying or before? No, during my studies. Oh, during your studies. <laughs> because you were doing graphic design, uh, graphic design, right? Or... No, you were yeah, doing architecture. Like or... a, oh, no, the study is the architecture, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it's in but Russia, it's it takes six years. Yeah, it was six years, so yeah, uh, it was like quite a doctor. A <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. That was actually quite intense as well. And now by the time I graduated, I already knew that I would like to find a way to try live abroad and uh, probably the best ways to continue getting an education there to be recognized there and uh, I knew that the decision fees are too high so I threw myself in different applications and I got like the best grant possible to do my master's in Europe it's called Four Cities mm. it's a joint European degree in urban studies where they choose around 30 people from different background and a different country. And then we would like travel and study together urbanism in four different countries. Um, yeah, so uh, that was uh, the next big step for me to be on that journey. And that was uh, Vienna, oh, that was Brussels, Vienna, Copenhagen and Madrid. And that's because and, you uh, saw how big the world is. You just wanted to see more of it. Yeah, I just uh, thought, yeah, I'll apply to Europe. Why not? I was mm. applying to US, I guess, as well. I can't remember, but she when just really wanted to came, go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, but I was also open. I knew that Europe is, also has a lot to offer, and also the universities were amazing. And uh, I was still figuring out if I wanted to architecture or art, and he was more uh, continuing with urbanism. So it was a really cool master's and uh, yeah, that I'm also very grateful for uh, having that chance to study abroad and having being covered from European Union to have that chance. Um, 
yeah so if we were like a traveling circus just uh moving <laughs> from country to country also yeah. visiting a bunch of cities as we studied the cities in itself and it was very comprehensive and super interdisciplinary it was not even it was much more academia than if architecture sometimes gets more technical mm. that was a very academia like which was completely different yeah very difficult or very different and difficult for me it was a very critical a lot of writing and a lot of research and so on yeah but um i was wondering if you got into it into architecture because of your art uh and it's like architecture is probably the most lucrative way for someone who's interested in art to to make a living so <laughs> yeah absolutely That's or you how need I arabic parents arabic parents you're either going to be a doctor or an architect you have no other choices <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine yeah yeah i think uh that's actually a way for many artists uh, who've been growing up same time when i was that most likely you won't make a career as an artist so try to choose something more technical yeah. and uh, applicable that was architecture but then you um you know became an architecture well you you finished the studies and then you became an an architect and you worked at an architecture company yeah i actually also (laughs) while studying in europe i also thought like i never been in asia so i decided to go there with a purpose Uh, i had a lot of friends from i had very close friends from china while i was studying so i wanted to explore that part so i got an internship to work as an urban uh, researcher in china in shenzhen and that was also i think quite a quite an important part of my career also becoming as a person to try live in such an different culture and um yeah, again yeah. thinking of an over china i thought all these big cities <clears throat> also shenzhen is the the top growing the fastest the industrial capital city. i think yeah i i just expected it to be international but it was not international at all i would like hardly meet maybe one person outside like who was not chinese per day and i was working in a yeah. company with 300 people and there were non europeans there were a couple of other european interns like me but that's it but um yeah it was also great experience they just brought you in for the catalog to show that they're you know that they're multicultural that they're very honestly yes that actually i figured out myself as well yeah really yeah so that you can just put your picture on there like hey look we we have other people too (laughs) yeah yeah bringing me to the meetings so which were totally chinese so just sit and smile out there oh i know what they're doing (laughs) yeah 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 i mean they're doing great stuff but i was really disagreeing with that and that or i think also what i tried to bring from europe from very quite lefty um uh, program very critical how to reuse how to create bottom ups not only top downs when it comes to urbanism in china they really didn't understand <laughs> all wow. my ideas they couldn't see the point so but what i was uh, suggesting and so on but do you think they're doing it now like uh, and then they realize ah she was right should have done this ages um, ago yeah good question good question but uh, yeah i think it's just very capitalistic and uh, very money driven what they were doing again they were doing great projects it's just uh, really not how i would do things <laughs> and now um, i think they are like shenzhen is the well as i said it's it is the industrial capital of china and um i think it might be the highest percentage of uh of expats or foreigners as well just because of the workforce i think yeah actually no, <laughs> no? even when i visited other cities i could see there were more 
um, but maybe it was like a recent development how long ago were you there for uh that was maybe five six years ago yeah, yeah. and, and it was like, quite, it's supposed just... to be quite international but yeah i i'm, I'm sure it became much more international but yeah. i still China's feel like crazy in terms of how quickly they're building yeah yeah they develop really fast yeah but also besides i think um i learned a lot about buddhism and mindfulness and also explore the culture really because i had chance to get all the chinese friends not only uh, expats and that was also quite a big deal for me um did you learn to speak any yeah chinese no i (laughs) no no (laughs) like only basic phrases Uh, they were able to be able to communicate with so they spoke uh, good english then your friends uh, yeah, I was lucky to have few, a uh, few colleagues who either had an exchange in Europe or had like uh, studied, yeah, uh, in uh, some university with a very good English, and um, yeah, we were. It was different than Spain. Like, I speak Spanish, and when I was learning Spanish, I was first of all mm-hmm. I was dating a, a girl in in Madrid, and mm-hmm. uh, I went to do my uh, just to study there as well. And then the people in my class, they were all from Southeast Asia or Arabic. Wow. So also all of them didn't speak any English. So I either hung out with the Arabs to have some fun or be around my ex's friends or, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, who also didn't speak English. And so I was in this community where the, also the teachers didn't speak English. So you were forced to always speak Spanish all the time. And every time I wasn't, the only time I wasn't forced to speak Spanish, Spanish was like the Arabic guys from the from the course. And that really improved my language to crazy degree because you also learn the slang and the just the terminology they have so even you know what the best the best win for you as a (laughs) i don't know (laughs) for learning a foreign language is when you're out and people laugh at a joke you make in another language (laughs) then i'm like i speak spanish now (laughs) you know nice wow yeah yeah, that's an achievement wow sounds amazing yeah i think it's the best way to learn a language is to be um in it somehow yeah yeah and, and then as you say also yeah be surrounded so you don't even have chance to speak anything else mm-hmm. so i don't know about you like probably you did you take away uh how, how much of the culture are there any like learnings and stuff that you said buddhism as well mindfulness that you still are ingrained in you right now that that you think you took away only from that culture and from being in china well, I, I think I think actually quite a lot because I really stick to it. But um, yeah, no, I think it's also, I don't know at which point I became so open and never judgy, but on the quite the opposite, trying to be super respectful and open to other cultures. I think there's so much in Asian culture that I disagree with, but there's so much that could be learned from as well. And uh, mm. yeah, this whole ancient wisdom that they have, it has so much value and could be so uh, helped a lot to Western world, I think as well. Mm. If you apply it there, can you? Yeah, there's the whole mindful part of it. And, uh, that's become, that's all only like quite recently become very big in uh, in the West. Yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah, I, hear and, a lot of people I think talk it's about great. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Started with yoga, and now it's all the mindfulness and meditation. Oh yeah, it's true. It started with yoga. No, yoga is such a. It's becoming. It 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 started as a good thing, and now it's becoming a problem. Like it's becoming too because there's a lot of like, um, disputes between like the real yoga teachers and the ones that are just doing it for Instagram. 
and there's yeah, the Instagram true. yoga too. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I guess it'll balance out though. In the end, like the real ones will stay, you know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's cool that I feel like with a lot of things and in, in it comes to uh, things from other cultures coming over, carrying over to other, uh, to the West, uh, it always like we go overboard, like it starts somewhere and then becomes a trend. Then everybody starts doing it. And then slowly it starts dying off and you stay with the authentic you know the yeah it's like sushi restaurant right? oh my god that was a whole thing. yeah yeah and i love sushi now i'll consider myself good like, one oh, yeah 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 i'll survive yeah but there was a time yeah there was a time where it was like there's a place called sumo here and they have a bunch of chains and everything it was like every date every double day it was like sumo 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 and look i don't mind because you know it's actually pretty decent like I think it was 28 euros for uh, all you can eat. Wow. Which is fine for, for, for sushi. But the all you can eat thing is a good option. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now yeah. it's, you hear it a lot less. Now pokey is the thing. Like pokey is now the. Yeah, true. The th- but pokey, that's from. That's yeah, from true. That's Hawaiian. I only learned that. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah My okay. sister works at a, one of those. <laughs> also add all sorts of uh, uh, somehow topics to it. At least the ones that uh, they have here. You know I'm gonna have that tonight. I'm gonna have poke tonight. <laughs> nice. Oh Maybe me God. as well. Let's do cool. it and then send send the picture. I'm gonna have I'm a having. yeah. So okay, you took it. Your experience in China. Yeah. Oh, what what was so? From China, um, mm-hmm. you went back to Russia, or did you go straight to? Denmark and yeah, the... that that was uh, in the middle of my studies in Europe. So then, yeah, I came back. Oh, yeah, and then, then you I finished. Had a semester. Yeah, one more semester in Spain. Oh, Copenhagen and Madrid. And then I had to choose actually what to do with my life further. And um, of course, at that point, I was sure that I started architecture, started urbanism. I, I will be an architect. So the best place to be is Scandinavia. And I applied to um, tons of uh, places here in Copenhagen. And I got the very best one. Um, that was big Bjarke Ingels group, mm-hmm. which is oh. uh, quite a big name in architecture. And I think it's like a dream of many architects internationally. I was going to say I heard about it, but I think I saw it on you, on your posts. Not, All right. Yeah. Cool. In your story. But um, so, yeah. Okay. Pursuing career in architecture. What was, what, what did you love about it? And then what urged you to leave? At the same time, because now you're completely done with it, right? You're just completely focused yeah. on art. Yeah. yeah, I worked there. Then I also worked at Koba, which is also a very great company here in Scandinavia, um, for two years, two and a half years. And of course, I'd say I learned a lot and um, I mastered a lot. And I think, again, just um, using the creative side of developing a project. I've been also very lucky to work in these companies that deal not with the regular architecture, but with the very top world architecture where you mm-hmm. have chance to develop something very unique and innovative. So it was uh, experimental. It was new. We, I, would doing, I was doing a lot of concepts, which is like very first stages of uh, developing a building or a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a great experience, but I always painted on the side. I just, all my life, like no matter where I go, what I do, there would be an art side to it. And um, I also been doing it here. And um, also I traveled to Africa a couple of years ago. And since then I came back seeing a wildlife, see the culture. I got really inspired and I painted even more and I started selling it. Mm-hmm. And 
when the pandemic hit and we were locked at home, um, working from home, I had even more chance to paint. So first I took a break from architecture so I can really focus on the arts. And uh, I opened the showroom in the middle of pandemic in Copenhagen, and that turned out to be a great success. So I just thought it's time because I had that urge to um, to pursue that passion that I always had in me. And architecture, I already learned a lot. I knew how it works, but it was just not enough. It was not fulfilling enough. So suddenly you saw this uh, opportunity that uh, you could make a living. Out of it or at least like at least you could sell it you found the way yeah of, i mean uh, doing that. yeah the showroom was a great experience because uh, suddenly i was looking basically initially i was looking for a place where i can just paint like a studio but instead i found a place where you can exhibit and sell and i thought okay i'll take that <laughs> and um it was great to actually show it to people and talk about your art, get a lot of feedback. And I could see how interested people were. So I just felt like I just have to do it now because people need me. I want to do this art. I want to, I can see my potential and I really want to embrace it. And um, yeah. And with architecture, I don't know if I would be, if I was really sure, but I think all the things coming together, it was also difficult times at Coburn, my company where I worked and there were round of layoffs and so on. So it was mm. just the right timing to kick myself out of the comfort zone again. Nice. So how did you, so you strategized about it, right? And you thought about, did you go in thinking, okay, I'm just going to paint and, 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 and see who's willing to buy it, put it on Instagram, something like that? Or... No, but because I, I had a showroom, I could see people people actually yeah, yeah, okay. do buy it, and yeah. I started having commissions and things like that. So, so I think it was quite a smooth that, transition. Yeah. yeah, so that gave me confidence that I can make living out of it. But again, I never studied art, so since then I started really studying hard how to actually be an artist um, because it's a very different from what I studied, like how to be an architect and how to manage that business, mm-hmm. how to have your own business as an artist. And uh, luckily I find it really fascinating and I really, really love it. And I have to say, I split my time right now, maybe 50-50 between the creative process and painting and actually managing and uh, taking care of the business side of it. And uh, I was just uh, fa- I'm just uh, surprised how many ways you can use art nowadays. And yeah. uh, how many ways you can apply it, both in the physical world, in the online world. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just really embracing it. And I would support any other artist who wants to do so, because I think this is a place for everybody. Yeah. And and now you incorporated, you sort of, uh, where did your new art come from? The, the nature art as well, I would like to call it. What is it called? Mm. Yeah, I call it Color Flow. This Color abstract yeah, yeah. thesis. Oh, yeah. that's the oh, that's also your your website, right? Or yeah, you're on, yeah, you're on the Colorflow website as well. Um, Was that yours? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually Rita Howes, but I think maybe the workshops to have a domain. Colorflow. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, mm. yeah. It could be technical. Um, well, uh, actually, since I've been living here for the last few years in Copenhagen and doing architecture and painting on a side, I wanted to develop an abstract style something. because Would I you... felt. Mm-hmm. I felt that maybe Scandinavia, it will fit well in Scandinavian context and uh, Scandinavian interiors also to not do too much realistic, but more abstract 
art. And I really felt ready to try that. And I've been developing this um, technique and um, mm -hmm. maybe five years ago, not that many people were doing it still, working with the fluid materials where you really try um, somehow mimic, um, use the fluid paints and turn it into art. But I found it just very beautiful and I wanted to learn it. So I developed my own technique and style by just experimenting tons. And um, I think all the, uh, for me personally, all the inspiration was coming from nature because very often the results look like a satellite image. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was just working towards that direction and I'm still, and I am still working towards that direction to really find ways to mimic the nature in this abstract way. So it looks like a satellite uh, view using different materials and mediums and uh, different effects. There's a lot of texture in my art. Um, I use uh, also like layers, natural materials. Like yeah, I, I work a lot with layers and also like very exclusive touch that I played them with the real silver and 24 karat gold that also... Yeah, it looks fantastic. Hey, actually, I want that one. Yeah, I'll make one for you. Yeah. Oh man, I I'm definitely like. Promise, I I'm gonna get one uh, when I get a new place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, buy my first place. New place, as if I own. I don't own any house yet. <laughs> but um, nice. that is awesome. And uh, you sometimes like I noticed you did the uh, uh at some point. You have to guess which which one is the painting, which one is the real, and it's yeah, difficult. Yeah. You know, <laughs> difficult tells <laughs> that it's that realistic. <laughs> I'm gonna like while you're explaining the story, we're gonna put in like a couple of these uh, pictures of your of your work as well. Oh, perfect! During yeah, the, like, throughout that's, your explanation, that's a cool idea. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, that's uh, this big project that I'm working on right now called Colors for Climate. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's uh, both series of these natural wonders where I um, try to portray different parts of the planet um, very, how to say, um, pretty much with the purpose of bringing the attention to those parts. They're either affected by climate change or I just believe that they deserve attention and uh, nobody speaks about them, but I can really represent them my way with my technique through my arts mm -hmm. together with the series of portraits that also belong either associated with those places or deserve attention as they're very much um, uh, indigenous tribes and cultures because I'm also very much drawn into the ethnicities that's other passion of mine and I think this whole uh, mission with this uh, project and uh, with my style is to perhaps um uh, raise the agenda on respecting the nature, respecting the planet, respecting mm -hmm. each other and being open and being adventurous and um, keep exploring. Mm. You see, yeah. So, show, yeah. So, show people that through the work you're doing, just showing all the different aspects and maybe it gets people curious to visit, visiting those places that these cultures uh, that these uh, paintings originated from at least the yeah, ideas exactly. behind these paintings originated from yeah yeah absolutely i feel like so often we just live in our box and thinking in the box the way and being very much conditioned and i think exploring those cultures those places they just really live it's very liberating and i want 
and it brings authenticity in people. And I think I want that to be my message. Yeah, there's something about traveling to new cultures that are completely different. When people say culture shock, they, when they call it <laughs> culture shock, even though it sounds shocking, it's not. It's more, I feel, um, every place you go to, you, you take a, a little piece at least of it and it ingrains yeah, and stays with you forever and changes your personality, even if it's a tiny thing. You know, because yeah. I remember everywhere I've been, I think I've taken a little piece, something resonated with me or a different way of thinking or, you know, yeah, different absolutely. way of looking at a certain thing like music or, you know. Yeah, I think that's really what enriches the personalities and uh, mm-hmm. seeing the world differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how do you go about uh, marketing and selling it outside of the gallery, the showroom? Um, how do you network to spread your art nowadays in the age of yeah, social that, media? Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, you found also, me, so uh, here you go. <laughs> how, how does it go? Um, I, yeah, thanks. I'm very happy that I met you. I think, uh, <laughs> I think honestly, being a visual artist, social media is just a, a very great opportunity because uh, that's what Instagram is about, right? Scrolling yeah. through pictures, getting impressions, entertaining yourself. And uh, I think art fits pretty well into that uh, framework. So, um, yeah, I'm using different platforms. I'm also still learning that there's so many ways. There's so many different online galleries that also maybe enforce their presence during the pandemic. So you can exhibit in those. There are also online shops and, um, um, yeah, maybe working with having collaborations with different magazines that focus either on art or design or different uh, hot topics that happening in the world. And uh, basically you can apply art to any sphere of uh, your interest if you really mm-hmm. want to, or you can, as I do, maybe also very often just uh, solely go and show your art to the world and uh, take it from there. So I think, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a part where you create art and then there's a part how you get to be in the space to create art, you can also get different grants and support if your idea is good enough. So you can really focus on your work. After that, I would say you can show it to the world and then either sell it or turn it into collaboration or based on that, attract more people who want something similar. Mm -hmm. So get a commission based on particularly your project or style or idea. Yeah, and then exhibited different ways, offline, online. Now I'm also working with the galleries in Copenhagen or also in Scandinavia. And also different galleries. It's amazing galleries from New York and other places. Just yeah, reach congrats out on to that one. Just... That like a <laughs> yeah, one. thanks. Yeah, yeah um, uh, just because Ooh. we have social media now. I'll yeah. talk to you after. Uh, there's someone I just realized, there's someone you need to meet that I need to introduce you to. She's very okay, much connected cool. in the art and photography industry in New York as well. But she's here now, so good client of mine. Wow. <laughs> and a friend amazing. now, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, and um, you, do you also reach out to these people on, on Instagram? Is it, how do you reach out? With what approach do you reach out? Uh, you know, is it, or do you just interact with them and then they see your page and they reach out to you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it goes both ways. What I also learned this year after pandemic hit and since I started taking my art uh, as uh, my main uh, business, I just also not being shy and just uh, first be very grateful and answer to all the messages, all the comments I receive. I'm, I'm, I think I do that. I hope I did not. There's nothing I missed, so nobody can come after. <laughs> and uh, plus, be kind yourself. And just if there's something you like, somebody you like, just to genuinely write that you think is awesome. And uh, maybe, yeah, uh, just show your interest and uh, hope that there's something can come out of this cool. collaboration or just this network or friendship. And yeah, I guess something That's like exactly that. That's exactly the realization I got to last year or around the pandemic. And that really yeah. pushed me to, because I had a couple of podcast episodes and I was doing podcasts with other people on my platform. But mm-hmm. um, And I've always had the plan to do this one and it really pushed me to do it when I saw the also the interactivity and the potential that was in it when I, like, because when it started, the pandemic started and all my projects got canceled or put on hold. First it was freaking out. And then I was like, okay, hold on. Sit down. What do I have? <laughs> I have this page. I can, you know, uh, we have internet. Uh, I started just doing like posts that were like, uh, there's some work that goes into them, like these little graphics and images and stuff and promoting and doing campaigns to promote new artists and putting them yeah. up on the page and yeah, stuff. Amazing. And I noticed the following grew and um, the response was so overwhelmingly positive that I was like, okay, now's the time to do this podcast as well then. And it- Wow, it, yeah, it's also very, it came natural to you. It's very, it came natural. And it was all like a, 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 the, the root of networking. I was just reaching out to all people that I thought were dope and just like say, hey, great work, everything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, would be cool to, you know, either have you on show or or promote your work or, you know, or sometimes not even ask anything. It's just more like, hey, uh, yeah, give, giving positive feedback. Um, So that's how it started. And that's how I have been networking on Instagram since then. <laughs> and um yeah wow yeah. you're doing amazing yeah i feel like yeah. i know you already because i've also found it's uh, the podcast this year such a big part of, of my everyday life as well just listening tuning in into something i, I like yeah. and uh, listening your different uh you having conversation with your different guests that was also like i feel like i know you already <laughs> yeah same <laughs> but do you so do you like the fact is it do you like the fact the most that they're just diverse yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like we're just on the same page because you talk about, you talk not only with creative, but you very open, like you talk to people who has, who are entrepreneurs, right? Who has their business and yeah. uh, I can relate to all of them. I feel like I'm taking notes every time. That's um, exactly, yeah, exactly what I feel like every guest, I uh, also every guest and you as well, like something I learned from them and that's what keeps it yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I guess good. right now you're so open and you have different interests and then the, sh- the time maybe will show if you have to uh, um, narrow yourself. But right mm. now, I mean, I'm personally, I find it very interesting to listen to all your guests. That's because uh, when I was in Jordan and I met with this company has been willing to sign <clears throat> and help promote the podcast. Like they wanted to, it's good. Like I might still take some of those opportunities, but so their whole thing was, I'm going to try to say what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> yeah. So their whole thing, they wanted to focus on music. And they said, you have to just focus on music. Just focus on music. 
And from the beginning, I was telling them, like, listen, this is all about, for me, it's all about creative ownership. <clears throat> so whatever you mm-hmm. offer, whatever the thing is, like, I'm glad you're interested, but um, as long as the creative input's mine, I'm fine with it. But as long as, as soon as you start changing some, some things and want to change creatively some things in my show, then I'm not going to do it. And they really thought I should focus on just music and artists. But for me, it's like, that's not the point of the show. The sh- point of the show was always for me to talk to people that I'm interested in, um, in yeah. industries that I'm interested in and know how to talk about, or at least sometimes I don't know about an industry and that allows me to ask the stupid questions that the the viewer who also doesn't know what the industry but knows. That's know? the thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. then it's like, I'm like, oh, glad you asked because I have no idea what this yeah. person is talking about. So I'm glad you, so, you know, you I see it that it works way. And, that well. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think uh, you just have to be honest with yourself and it's great that you're doing so, you know, to yeah, to, and like, to do the things right and to commit to your passion. I'm glad you see it that way, yeah. And with like, you and, know, yeah. it's, it's like if I only do music artists, like there's only so much you can ask and eventually it'll become stale, you know. Of course, then it really depends on the character of the of the guest too, too much. And, you know, we know artists and, you know, there's some really eccentric people out there, yeah. but some of them just... It's, there's a lot of people that are just stale and then i'm gonna have to ask the same questions again that i ask all the other guests and you know yeah, <laughs> yeah cool nice yeah you're doing great genuine networking 2021 but let's see i mean yeah, uh, and in the end like also i'm lucky that uh which it might might have changed things if the government here wasn't as supportive to businesses that were affected by covid mm-hmm, like um mm-hmm. they see that they see the income you lose and everything and they like at least somewhat compensated. So I also had the chance to, it really uh, de-stressed me in a way like, okay, I lost all these projects, but um, you know, and, and you'll still lose money because what the government's giving you is not enough. Yeah, like not but, as much yeah. as you, but it, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about, you know, making ends meet eventually. And now I can yeah. really focus on building up and marketing the, the parts of the business that I want to grow that I think will help yeah. in the end get projects as well, just by the look of it. So, yeah, sounds yeah. great. Yeah, that's a beautiful part yeah. of our being in this country. That, yeah. uh, you have this chance not to worry about the basic and uh, have a chance to focus on what you want. Yeah. I guess that's a good... Uh, yeah. End of the show, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Are you... Uh, is there anything else you want to promote and share? Yeah, I actually also wanted to share that site that um, what uh, came to me not long ago is uh, now when uh, I also have quite a fast growing following base and I could see that a lot of artists are following me and they're also looking up to me and asking and seeking for my advice and asking kind of similar questions. I just realized how often I think to be an artist nowadays, you need to really focus on the both sides, on the art side and the business side. And there's so many talented people who love doing the creative side, but they have no interest and no passion mm. for doing the business side and or how often they them. need an advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just feel like I like it. And um, I just wish I could help others with that. And um, yeah, so I think that's also I uh, getting the idea is that I would like to teach that part, help emerging artists also maybe to shortcut what I've been learning mm. through all sorts of different um, uh, sources uh, in this year 
um, how to establish yourself and what are the ways to use um, to become a successful artist, how to sell your work and um, how to make your presence online, how to build that. And that there's no shame in also doing it gradually, how to uh, learn yeah. that way to hustle. Somehow. Or asking for help, like maybe like a lot of the things you will teach, they don't know how to figure out for themselves, but maybe they know someone who's, you know, willing to uh, do that for them so they can team up with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That there's so much room for collaborations with uh, all sorts of, uh, you can bridge so many things together. So I mm -hmm. think, yeah, that also will be my big next step that I'm slowly getting to is to help other emerging artists to build their presence. I think you should because you know the thing you're doing is very rare like um, I mean if you look at of course there's a lot of people selling art and and doing their music but in the end like if you look at the amount of people that are doing great art and then the amount that is making a decent living of it, it there's a big discrepancy um so Absolutely. someone like you could guide not maybe not everyone but at least if you help a few more people I mean that's already a win yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I'm very passionate about it, just giving something back to them and just, you know, share yeah. what I learned hard way. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> they can learn it a bit faster and uh, so on. Yeah. No, that's a, that, that's a very good deal. Um, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll help you promote it, whatever. You know, because that's something like uh, I, uh, that resonates with me as well. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I like to... So what I don't like is when people start... There's a lot of people that haven't accomplished enough and they start these mm -hmm. like business pages and motivational pages and you know, like, hey, um, I'm just gonna tell you how to build your business without having ever built a business <sighs> yourself. There's so many of these people that just put inspirational quotes all day, you know? True, true. But yeah, what I like is, and the way I like to do it and the way I see you doing it is probably, you just share what you learned. And you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, at a higher stage than a lot of, of people are. And you can just help those people that are uh, under you in their uh, level of business at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And, just um, uh, some first steps. And... Yeah. The same thing. It's not like preaching. Like I'm not, when I talk about uh, business and networking and entrepreneurship, I don't tell you what to do because everyone is different and their stories are different. I'm just saying, sharing with you the things that I have learned that have worked for me. And that could be very helpful for someone who might be stuck and be like, oh, wait, that's the thing that I'm missing that I had to, that I had to do. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah. yeah, so true. There's so many also people nowadays, as you say, who just give an advice without really understanding the circumstances. Yeah. I just talked to one artist the other day who also reached out to me. He's my friend now. She decided to do art full time. She got inspired. And uh, she got an um, advice that she should, as an emerging artist, only reach to museums, that she should skip all the galleries and the small steps. And mm. I guess that this some logic was in that advice that you should keep up your brand very high from the beginning. But I would totally disagree. For me, I was I was selling my art in the secondhand market two years ago, just because I wanted to go out there and just hear what people think. And I think everybody who bought these that they did just happy that now it's 10 times higher in value as my art evolves and yeah. I evolve and the brand is evolving. Um, I think there's always room for that. And you can't just start. Maybe if you're very lucky, you can start from the top, top niche, but, um, yeah, but it's also know, okay just to get there slowly. 
I think it's like letting go, letting go of your ego, because um, yeah. look, in the end, it's 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 gonna be better instead of in jumping into the sharks than immediately and competing with the biggest of names, and then you get completely devastated if you're not making it. Whereas yeah, if you absolutely. get this gradual growth and uh, gain confidence in the work you're doing as well, in absolutely, the long run, it's yeah. you know gives gives you more longevity. Yeah, it's more sustainable for your business. Yeah, and the brand whatever person is doing exactly that's that's, uh, that's fantastic and uh it's yeah i lost my th- i had a, I had a question but I, i just forgot the last question <laughs> it just came up while you were like ex- explaining as well because it was related it was linked to that uh was it second hand yeah anyway if, if there's anything I'll, <laughs> i'll ask you on instagram or something <laughs> of course <laughs> if, if yeah it comes back let's to me. think that yeah. yeah ask me But it was. Uh, then, it's looking forward to see a pokeball. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I have to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. No, for sure. <laughs> you have some good places in uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, we do quite few mm-hmm. now. Again, things are opening up, so it's gonna be a pleasure to go fetch it. Or if you want to eat out or in, then you have actually to have a test. Same oh, as for the yeah. gyms. Yeah. Joe, I, I don't know what's happening because for us there today they're announcing that for sure they're gonna open up again on Wednesday. Everything like everything is open oh. kind of now, but they want to extend it to eight. But also gyms are opening, and I want oh, to share with good. you because Congrats. you know, I know you beat me to yeah. it there. <laughs> but now I think um, we also have to do a test, which we've never had to do before. Going to like when they reopened gyms the first time, we didn't have to do the test. Uh, mm-hmm. I think now you need to so- somehow have a. So they said the health check before yeah so but i don't think we have to do it every time just one i don't know let me let me see how it works i'm just excited (laughs) to be back you know yeah fingers uh, crossed i hope it will be yeah it's gonna stay for a long time this time Mm -hmm. once they open oh better people have the vaccine now so you know and how is the weather in the netherlands these days We have very delayed summer. It's 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 up and down, like we had really cool good good days or half days, and today it's just pouring rain all day. Maybe now I think it's a little bit sunnier. I might go for a run, but in general it's bipolar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, it's all from your story. But man, I love Amsterdam. I love Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know, um, but I want to visit Copenhagen, so we'll we'll do an exchange. And hundred uh, the summer is the best season. Please come visit. Oh yeah, summer summer is gonna be well. At least we can travel in summer, right? So it seems, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- thank you so much for coming on. This was a uh, definitely a very good episode. It was fun. I was really uh, happy to thank meet you me. uh, in person. So um, yeah. And uh, I think there's a lot of insight for for artists, uh, not just artists, just entrepreneurs in general, uh, young entrepreneurs. Um, it's going to be a lot of good clips coming out of this one. Cool. I'm well. so excited to hear them. Thank you so much, Nick. Hey. Yeah, I really you. had a good time. And yeah. yeah, I hope it could inspire somebody. Yeah. Or oh, at in least cheer up. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in the, in the end, if it, help, if it just helps one person, it's already... Uh, a win i would say so True. yeah and i'm open yeah. we're all open both of us are open for collaborations everyone who wants yeah, to please. you know just re- reach out <laughs> just you know reach out. uh you like rita's art uh you know 
maybe you want a piece in your house she also does uh custom art for yeah uh, i do commissions a lot the commissions so how does it work uh from a distance by the way before we leave like if uh, someone is living abroad how how does the process go of commissioning a piece like that would be my case if i was doing it (laughs) do i send you a picture of where i want it and then you see the and then we have yeah, a meeting that's, about it. Yeah, that's like uh, the best part is when you, for example, if you already have in mind the place, a couple of places, then you would send me a picture. Mm-hmm. And also, then I can try and make uh, different different sketches on what I suggest, what kind of size, what kind of style. If you like some kind of styles of mine, then you can tell me, okay, that's what I like. Or like a color scheme. And then mm-hmm. I would work with that and make a few proposals. And then we would agree on the size. And... Um, the dimensions of it and the place and that's how it goes so usually everybody have a quite an approximate understanding what they're gonna get yeah yeah and then i just execute and shipping it was also not a problem so if i shipped uh, from us to japan everywhere awesome that's very helpful these days so yeah please welcome guys <laughs> i'm okay. open for commissions always. Uh, and i'll word of mouth i'll spread it <laughs> and uh I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that like uh, you'll you'll get some uh, buyers from my side. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Right. Hey, thank you a lot. Thanks. And yeah, it was fantastic. Have a great day, you. and we'll see the we'll see the Pokeballs show up <laughs> later. Yes. <laughs>